was 15, there was, there's those shows at the church off like 23rd in Ann Arbor, I think. Mm-hmm. The basement. Oh yeah. 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 That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. That was a yeah, long I, time ago. I, I remember going to one of those shows and like, you know, once again, like I was alone, didn't really know. Like I knew a few people there, but mm. it was mostly kind of just like standing in the corner and watching. And I just remember like after my brother picked me up uh, later that night, we were driving home and I was just telling him all these things like, yeah, I'm going to start a band. Like I already have this idea. I'm going to start writing songs when I get home. And at the time I couldn't play. I, I didn't know how to play any instruments. Like I just, I basically, I messed around with the piano, like uh, the keyboard at our house. We had a keyboard mm-hmm. and my, my brother had a guitar and I would I'd strum it, but I couldn't play any chords, didn't know any chords, didn't know anything. Yeah. But I just had this feeling like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Like, that's what I have to do. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a great thing. Like I want, I want more people in the world to have that. For sure. Yeah. Well, to have that space also just to like be able to create and like feel safe and be able to feel excited to like put something out. Um, and you know, like, that's why, yeah, like, people like you you should start a podcast you should start a band yeah you should do whatever you're doing um even if you think it's not gonna go anywhere yeah definitely that that feeling you're talking about comes and goes too it like i i remember that i know that feeling you're talking about like i've had that feeling as a young kid too when i would see like harp and lyre or something or go to a show at the conservatory where it was they were playing something that you actually loved that wasn't like on the radio, like something you didn't actually hear all the time back then when you didn't have access to streaming and like you had to really dig and like, or people would just gift you like on random with like a random band that you heard that you'd never heard before. And it gave you that feeling of like, Whoa, I like that. I've never heard that. I want to do that. Like what's cool about that feeling is it never goes away. It just, it keeps, it keeps coming and going like some days you'll feel it. Some days you won't. Some days that I don't feel it. I'm like almost depressed because I'm like, man, I don't feel, I don't know. Certain things aren't jumping out to me as much as they used to or something like that. And then randomly it'll just happen. Just a random song or like a random type of music or a movie or a TV show or Honestly, for me recently, it's been like landscapes for some reason. I don't know. Just like different type of landscapes just make me think of creative avenues I hadn't thought about before. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. Weird in a good way. No, that, that's interesting. I think, I think there's something there with like just the environment and this, this stimulus, like, uh, that needs to happen in the environment. It doesn't need to happen, but it's hard when you're in pandemic times and you're like locked up in your house and you're seeing the same things every day and you're staring at the screen every day. Like it's, it's hard to like, you know, really be woken up, like have that, um, you know, kind of like you were saying, like almost a little bit of fear, Mm -hmm. like butterflies in your stomach, the energy, or even like you're saying landscapes, you know, going and seeing a big open, prairie or plain or whatever and it just like it opens up your mind like this the space is more than just a site mm-hmm. it's like 
it's like you you feel it and it almost it gives you room it gives you room to think almost or at least for me like, I, I feel like it gives me room to think i'm like I can see for practically miles every direction. Like I went to the panhandle of Oklahoma a couple weeks ago and like just witnessing a boring open field for some reason unlocked something in my head for me that I was just like, I don't know. It was easier to take the thoughts I had swimming around in the funk of like looking at these digital screens and, staying safe and covering my mouth and you know not hugging a person for like a year basically yeah. <laughs> like it really yeah, like cut off. yeah it's really crazy that it can affect someone in like a very positive way and huh. I, yeah we definitely tend at least i tend to forget that a lot of the time yeah no and i mean it's like you have all those thoughts either way, but when you're in that situation, uh, you can just cut through the bullshit. Yeah. Or you just have a realization like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like I'm gonna yeah. fucking die. <laughs> and like, what am I gonna do about that? Yeah. And like, what really moves me on this earth? And and then like all the thoughts flying by, you know, all the people in the world telling you what to do and telling you how to think, what to mm. feel. Like, you can just disregard it because. Yeah, I don't know. There, there, there's something special about that. Like, yeah, it can be the open space with no one around. It can be, it can be the room or the basement stuffed full of people, like sweating and playing music. But yeah, I was just about to say. I mean, that sounds like touring. That sounds like the collective feeling. Yeah. You and I, and a, like millions of people probably can like relate with of any like. I mean, yeah touring is definitely where i felt that the most in my life because mm -hmm. yeah you're on your own schedule you're on your own rules you have a set rules that only you and a few other people know that are in that van or like even if they're spoken for or not like i don't know yeah it's it's sometimes i i don't think i'm ready for the world but then i look back at situations i've been in through touring alone <laughs> And I'm like, mm, I think I'm, I might be ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like, you get put in situations where you have to, like, grow up quick. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least remind you that you either have already grown up pretty quick or it's not that hard to kind of buckle down and just do it for a day or, or for a day or two or, like, however long it takes, you know, to get through that. But even through those trials, we could still find – that spark of creativity that's a that's a crazy thing i think that's like that's teetering on the line between being crazy and like uh i don't know persevering <laughs> like yeah being in freezing weathers like in a van or some shit and like but like loving it or not loving it that day i don't know could be could be a bad day who knows but there's still the yeah. creativity that comes with it in some people yeah and that that reminds me like when i th when i think back to my teenage years and being a young adult almost everything at least in my early life almost everything that made me feel capable or like responsible or that i could handle the world that i could take on life and and all the unknowns like is, is creating is like having something in my hands and making it, uh, making something out of nothing or 
or yeah, collaborating with other people also, but it's like, that's where, you know, it's like some people, they get confidence from sports or from academics. Mm. But that wasn't me right. <laughs> at, at all. And there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but it's like, you need young people. They need something that like they can call their own or like something that moves them mm-hmm. and that makes them feel like, you know, like I can grow up and go into the world and be a good person or just be, you know, be okay, be happy. Yeah. That, yeah, I never got that from sports. I played a lot of sports, but like, I never, I never got that feeling. And I think that's, that was like, now looking back at it, I think that was the moment that I subconsciously realized, um, that it didn't give me a spark to be creative. It was more of like an outlet for have hanging out with friends basically making friends with the people that I was playing with the people I was around just a young young teenager wanting to hang out with buddies basically and yeah yeah more like, like a social club yeah like just cuz i mean we're both we both at least grew up homeschooled and so like i think that has a you know something to do with it but yeah. yeah, I never did get that from sports, the the creative drive or the push, because I mean, yeah, it's not there's nothing wrong with that because there are plenty of, uh, you know, talented athletes that are creative and they're always pushing themselves and they're usually the ones that succeed in the greatest way. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, wasn't for me for sure. Yeah, yeah, I remember being like. 14 and there was the homeschool football team and I wanted I wanted to join so bad but only because like I just want to have friends yeah, <laughs> or like that's, yeah. I don't, I don't, like when I guess when you're I guess I wanted to play football I guess like that was an idea in my head like oh yeah this is what I should do as a young man that this was is what, yeah that was my that was my thoughts about it too I was like yeah I guess I'll play football I guess I watch it I guess I have a favorite team I think <laughs> like yeah yeah, it's, I don't know. I wish I would have, I wish I would have uh, pushed myself when I was that young to, like, ignore the sports stuff and go straight head on into music. Like, I mean, I was still playing music then, but it wasn't, like, probably what it could have been if I, you know, if it was reversed with sports. Like, yeah. But. Anyways, that's just there's there's always like that. I think everyone has that feeling with something like oh, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah. Or like I missed my chance. Right. Right. And like I felt that way for a long time about like programming or like anything technical with computers. Because uh, like when I was younger, when I was twelve, I was on you know all, on the computer all the time, all night. Like, there was this game, you know, Second Life? Yeah. You heard of Second Life? Yeah. I used to play that when I was 12. Nice. You, like, make an avatar, and it's yeah. just, like, virtual world. Yeah. And what was cool about it is, like, it's basically programmable. So, like, the developers of the game or whatever, they made kind of just, like, a vanilla world with a digital video game currency, and they're like, okay, so now go out you can program new stuff, design new stuff. You can buy real estate in it. 
And then from then on, like all the players kind of just went to create and expand out the world. And anyway, like I was obsessed with that game. And there was like scripting in it or like, like a scripting language, like a little programming language. And I remember kind of like trying to mess around with it for a few days and, you know, can kind of convince myself like, yeah, I'm going to learn this. Like I'm going to make all this cool shit and like animate it and, and all that. And, and, you know, it never happened. Like, at least when I was young, it didn't happen. Mm. And then once I was 19, 20, 21, and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get my life together. I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do. I would have these thoughts that, like, oh, I missed my chance. I could have been one of those kids that started coding when they were 12 and and it was just set (laughs) up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I was almost that person, but I, like, I just wasn't. And that's that's such a terrible thought. That's such a terrible, like... If anyone ever tells someone that, that's a fucking horrible thing to tell them. And it's a horrible thing to tell yourself. And, like, I'm glad I didn't listen to that voice. But, um, and, you, and, you know, that applies with everything. Like, yeah, yeah. If it's, if it's music, if it's art, anything. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's exciting to realize that. Like, the whole array of creative, creative, you know, arts and crafts and, and even technical things or sports or or any of that like it's all open to me mm-hmm. you know i could do any of it you know whatever i'm curious about whatever i'm interested in yeah i can yeah. get after it and yeah like that's i don't know that it takes it takes a lot i guess to get to that point um, yeah i mean we're just so conditioned to yeah believe that we're just supposed to find something that we're going to be we're supposed to find something we're supposed to do for the rest of our lives until we're like old and retire basically is what it is what's expected. Yeah, specialize. Yeah. Way. Yeah, like or or a few things that like you've been doing yeah, since you were a kid and it's it's frustrating to see how like unprepared we are. One just as a con- like I guess just as a country like when it comes to that field of, you know, and I don't want to drift. I don't want to get that bug and drift right back into politics about all yeah. of it. But just from, I don't know. Yeah. We, it, it definitely felt kind of like you're saying, like in order to start doing that, you have to break through what you've already been taught subconsciously. And that shouldn't, that shouldn't even be, that shouldn't even be a thing. Like that seems like such a setback, you know, like yeah. it's not like it's not if you uh, don't allow it to become one, but it can be for some people. Mm-hmm. For us, it might be easier than others just because of how we came into existence, you know? Yeah. And I mean, even like my mom used to tell me you could do anything. Mm-hmm. She she was that type of parent, uh, and I, I guess I I basically believed it when I was young, but once through the ages like fourteen to eighteen, you really like those are the ages where that really gets choked out of you. In a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> or or maybe maybe it's different for other people, but like, um, I don't know. Just once you start colliding with the world and with reality. And you're no longer a kid with just these ideas kind of playing by yourself and like sharing them with your brothers and your little friends and all that. Like once you're really colliding with the reality, 
you know, it's harsh. It, it pushes you down and it, it puts you in your place. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can't do shit. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get good kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's basically how, how it goes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of, uh, people our age, we weren't raised to, uh, how do you say this? We weren't raised with like a lot of adversity or like raised in such a way to like, you know, get ready to face adversity. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't really hammered in when I was a kid. Like the world was kind of presented as, you know, and, and it wasn't on purpose, but just the way that I was raised, like it just seemed like I was going into a relatively kind world, right? you know, where people would like me and like my ideas and, mm. and all that. But you know, that's not the case. Like, uh, you're, you're going into the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a different upbringing. I think that was more of like more of reality up front. And for, well, I mean, for the beginning, it was fine. Like majority of people's, but yeah, towards there in the middle, there was definitely a slap of reality and it's, that's kind of why I, I don't know. I try not to, and this is going to come off really dickish i think but i try not to waste time with or i try not to just waste my time and not in like a i guess it is a little selfish but not in like a not in like a i'm better than you type of way but more of just like you learn at some point in your life that time is extremely precious it's pretty much the only thing that exists like your time on this planet and yeah, like once you kind of realize that and then you also know that, well, I get a spark of life from creating, then you want to spend the majority of that time on just creating things with people. And yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot too. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get more like that. I'm, I'm really inclined to waste my time and not defend my time. But I'll still I'll have those regrets like afterwards. Like I'll think back like like oh man I and once again this sounds like dickish, but like oh I was hanging out with this person and like we didn't do anything and and like maybe I wanted to talk about stuff and like really go deep and they were just more like surface level and and you know you, you get older and you have more and more of these interactions. And I think especially now like everyone is you know just watching netflix and on social media and they're 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 playing with their distractions and their video games or they're playing in their social games of of whatever kind they are yeah and it's it seems like the it seems like the default is just to kind of go into that like find your place in the hierarchy right you know? yeah find, find find your place where it may if at least if you're above someone yeah. Yeah, at least you can feel. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's why <what laughs> I like playing playing games at this point is just funny because that's what usually the chat and like the other people are like. When people are like, "Oh, that game," or these people are toxic that play the game, it's literally just a bunch of people that are tired of being below someone else, <laughs> and then any chance they get, and now it's just funny. Now it's just funny to get shit talked to me because I'm just like, you just think about that, and you're like, all right muting whoever said that and moving on like it's 
yeah, it's funny to realize those things. Well, and, and video games are like fake, like fake work, like fake life. Yeah, it's no, like I've a, been. It's, it's I've, a hierarchy. I've really been trying to tell myself that because I was gonna say, I was gonna add on to what you were saying earlier of like, um, I've been trying to. I've been trying to look at time I've spent and see what I got out of it as in like, what can I learn from it? I've been trying to, this goes against my natural thinking process, but I've been trying to tell myself, what did I learn out of this interaction? This time I spent playing this game, this time I spent trying to write this music. Like what did I learn from this experience? in a positive way. I try and take some, you know, just try and learn something from everything you do. And games are frequently becoming less and less and less on that list (laughs) of like, what did I actually learn from carrying a team in a game, like doing really good in a game and like being top frag or like being like the best at this or whatever. Like, what did I actually gain? Did I gain, uh, confidence that's going to translate into reality with me probably not because <laughs> yeah. i because i have a lot of in-game confidence in a lot of games but <laughs> it doesn't translate very well <laughs> into the game of life yeah well and it's funny too like you might be trying to do something you might be like okay so like video games are like these fake yeah fake life like these fake hierarchies but you're doing this like in real life you're trying to climb the hierarchy but in the game you're also trying to do it but if you're playing a game like i've been playing rocket league for a little bit like if you're playing rocket league it's actually harder for me to climb the rocket league hierarchy than it probably is to climb a lot of hierarchies in real life probably (laughs) actually it is so good at that (laughs) fake at at that fake you know game yeah Uh, and you know, it's funny, but yeah, I, I feel what you're saying. Like you, you want to, and, and I've had the same kind of thoughts. Like I want to get something out of it. And like you, you were saying learning and definitely that, but even like inspiration, mm-hmm. energy, yeah, or maybe just like relaxation. Right. Um, yeah. And, and there are times when that happens or, or connecting with your friends, you know, like if you play a game with your friends. That is true. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, like, it's it's good. Like, I think that can be good for people. Like, mm-hmm. but it, it's obvious it's, you know, a lot of a lot of creativity and energy is being thrown away in the yeah. games. But, like, and I recognize that, that creativity can come out of it and art can oh, be yeah. made out of it. Streamers. And people do. Yeah. Yeah, like streamers, playthrough, guides. Uh, speedrunners and yeah. like all that yeah. stuff like it can be beautiful and like amazing and interesting yeah. and inspiring but that's like at the peak of the of play that's kind of like i mean like if you're playing basketball if you're just like a guy that you know li- likes to play basketball at the local courts or something and you go you know maybe you play a few games a week you know like that's fine like mm-hmm. but if you're like if you're not going to go into the nba but you're playing like every day, like it's your life. Like you have to get better than the guys in the, in the court. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like there's there's a point where that crosses over to being unhealthy and like. And yeah, it's like an obsession. It becomes yeah. like a yeah, like a yeah. 
I can get that way sometimes with with anything, pretty much anything. And it, it's now it's become a uh, experiment sometimes in my head of like, I wonder how good I can get at this before give before like giving it up. That might just be like a competitive person uh, trait. It probably is. That is. That's what I'm explaining. I'm gonna mm-hmm. take another sip of whiskey. <laughs> I mean, and competitive too. I think that's another reason to play video games. Like, uh, oh man, I saw an amazing tweet yesterday that was like, that was like all these people that are like, uh, I don't want to go into politics, but basically like <laughs> all people that are freaking out about politics and like getting super tribal about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they didn't realize that sports, sports is like the outlet that you use to be tribal Oh, and then yeah. the game can end yeah. and you can go home. Like you can get all of those, all of that energy out and be super tribal and like, yeah, yeah. You know, fuck you to the other <laughs> side and like, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, and rile up and, and get all that raw yeah. primal energy. But then you can walk away from it and uh, sometimes ride in the streets for some, for some hey, sports. Man, but <laughs> I had a high thought the other day when I was downtown, I was skating with uh, Michaela and Vinny and I was oh. like, thinking to myself i should have said something but it was a it was a it was so like deep in my brain that i didn't feel comfortable talking about it <laughs> yet but i was like you know what man if all these protests and stuff keep going on why don't we just bring back street boxing or why don't they just settle these things in a very primalistic way that doesn't involve all this unnecessary death maybe beat the shit out of each other in a game and everyone will feel a lot better <laughs> like <laughs> It's kind of like a not a serious thought at all, but I was just thinking to myself. I mean, that I feel like that would work somehow. I don't know. Like you, you think of like old sports games and fans like literally riding at sports events because someone lost or someone trash talked or big like brawls, and then I don't know. Like, yeah, like anytime, anytime you can keep. Well, I mean, there's obviously you want to you want a crowd mm-hmm. if you're trying to get your voice out there like for protesting but like if you're talking about violence then yeah you want to have it as small as possible like if yeah. you can send you know like the the whatever like in the movies like send out your best guy and we'll send yeah. out our best guy but that's what i'm saying like i don't want violence i don't want unnecessary yeah. violence but there's a difference between like boxing violence and and like fighting MMA violence almost, mm-hmm. and then like I'm gonna kill you because I it's fight or fight or flight for me yeah. at this point. Like I don't know. Yeah, we need. It's almost like we need a different primal outlet. It was sports, and then sports became so uh, established in capitalism that it kind of like stopped. I feel like it stopped being more about that primal instinct of like we're gonna beat you and you're gonna beat me to like okay who's who's got the most money and who's being moved into this season and who yeah. who are we gonna bet on to like win some money on the side and our like you know uh, fantasy sports shit or whatever like yeah it's all data analytics yeah it's People, like they're watching the game they're watching like like <laughs> like full dashboards of just like stats yeah. and like there used to be know, rugby he, games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just like, well, people like watch like six games on a Sunday or something. I don't know how many games they're having during COVID, but, yeah, you know, know. they flip between six games or like, you know, multi-screen, multi-stream, 
like all these different games and it's like you're just looking at numbers yeah yeah <laughs> like at this point you're not like looking at the guys down there on the ground the, the people down there on the ground like sweating and getting after it and like yeah fighting for their lives um yeah i mean especially like with everyone being cramped up at home like we we've got to get this energy out we've got to get like our disputes our arguments and like all that out in a way that you know isn't gonna destroy us and tear us apart and and so obviously we're we're not we're not we're not making any statements about anything that's, yeah, that's no. happening in the political realm right now. Just, just generally speaking, like, you know, people are riled up. Yeah. Understandably, shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. And like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do something. But I, I think that, you know, like it, it, it kind of falls on the individual mm-hmm. to some extent. Like, a, we want to be able to do stuff together. But if you can ha- have some kind of practice, something that helps you get that energy out keeps your mind clear it's so important and mm-hmm. i wish and you know this is why i hate i hate the bastards at the cdc at the at the fda at the, all these organizations and all these people that were you know trying to protect us from covid and 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 putting in all these regulations telling us don't wear a mask mask doesn't help okay actually wear a mask <laughs> and like, all this back and forth and they didn't tell they didn't tell people like like you need to be like avoiding sugar like you need to be working out drinking yeah. lots of water be sure to get sun they're like no get in the pod get in yeah. the pod eat your fucking cereal and watch get Netflix yeah put on your face diaper and just grind like, your teeth shit. yeah grind your teeth flip through Netflix shut the fuck up put on a mask don't put on a mask <laughs> yeah and it's like. This isn't, you're not helping people. Like you're making people crazy and all of these, like, especially the people who, who take it like literally, you know, like some people were locked up in their house legitimately for like three months and they would do nothing but go into their backyard. It's like, you can take a walk in the park. You can, and that's another thing. They're closing the, the fucking parks and it's just, yeah, you know, like we're, we're, hum, we're the human animal. How many people, how many people at the beginning of this year did that exact thing where they like came out on their back porch though? And they were like, like how far off though were we from the pod people existence? You know, like where, you know, cause I feel like there was a bunch of people that probably went out on their back porch and were like, Oh fuck, we got a grill. Like, and it's behind a bunch of vines that have been overgrowing on their house or like they hadn't cut their lawn or something like, yeah. I feel like that's why it was so easy to tell people to do that because people are like, well, that's what I do anyways. Like, yeah, it's like another Saturday night for me. Just now it's every, it's on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And... Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like people are already living this kind of lifestyle, but a little bit less so. They're still going out to the bars and that's true. getting that's out true. at least a little bit. Like I, I, I hear of people like, some of my friends, some of my friends' friends, I won't name any names, but people who are so so. There's a healthy level. For, this is a deadly virus, hmm. right? It's a, it's a it's it's a pandemic. Like it's deadly. We should be considerate. Like you should wear a mask and be considerate and wash your hands and do all those things for other people. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you know some people are debilitated by fear yeah. and guilt, 
like guilt, like I, like uh, I went out to, like I went out to the grocery store this week, but then I also went over to my friend's house and hung out with two of my friends. Well, there was only three of us, but I feel guilty, like I shouldn't have done it. That's me. That's been me majority of the year. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's not like that's that's not good. Like you should you should be, you know, you should be safe. You should be careful, but. You can't walk around with this extra load of guilt yeah. and extra load of fear. Um, that's in a lot of cases was was overblown. It probably does a lot of unseen damage on the human body too. Just not not just like mentally, but like physically, like stress yeah. and like inducing and taxing. And I mean, I got to be honest. I'm not really that worried about it anymore. If I don't know. My mom has it. My siblings are around her. They don't really have it. She's getting better every day. She's been taking steroids for it, like medical whatever steroids they gave her. I think it's getting weaker. That's just why I'm kind of like, I'm kind of just pissed off about why can't we get a for sure answer about anything. I think that's where I'm at. I'm not really, I'm not really scared anymore. Like, is yeah. this, you know, is this what they, you know, if there is this, like, if there is some type of agenda, is this what they wanted? Like, I don't know. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to, I don't know. Yeah. I'm full of I don't knows today. <laughs> I, I feel you. I mean, there's, you know, when this thing started out, when I was seeing the videos on Twitter, like in February, oh, what was yeah. happening in China, like even in welding doors shut. Even in December and January, there there were people around me like, man, it's just going to be like swine flu. I was like, nah, bro, I think this is going to be fucking big. Like, I think this is going to yeah. be a problem. Like, yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they were, yeah, sorry. It, it, it was one of those things. No, I, like, I was, like, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid up front, but I was taking it seriously. Um, and, you know, I'm, at the time, I was like, I was a full-time delivery driver. Mm-hmm. And I was delivering the hospital three-plus times a day yeah. into the ER yeah. into all these places. And, like, you know, I, I started wearing a mask probably late February, early March, something like that, to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were just, <laughs> like, my coworkers were like, oh, like, you're yeah. you're one of those people. Like, you're super germaphobe, and you're like, and I'm totally not that person too. Like right. I wash my hands like three times a week tops yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and like, and they're like poking fun at me and like, I'd be walking, you know, taking deliveries and people would just like walk past me and look at me weird and smirk or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, a month later, it, like basically if, if you're in Oklahoma, you know, after the Thunder game, like the Thunder game got canceled. Mm. I don't remember one of the players I think from the Raptors. Yep. Or something like that had it, you know, got canceled and then everyone like took it seriously yep. all of a sudden. Yep. Um, and then like it, it went from one week, you know, people were smirking at me and then the next week everyone else had a face diaper on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, like, so I was that person in the beginning, but now like you're saying, like I've, I've kind of drifted over the other side where, you know, I'm pissed at the kind of the misinformation that we've been given from the CDC it's clear that they're treating us like fucking plebs. Yeah. And, you know, like the, no, like none of the number, like everyone's disagreeing on the numbers. That's Yeah. 
It's that's the thing. Good. No one can fucking agree on something. It's pissing yeah. me off. Like, I've never given it. Maybe this is the sign that we're getting old officials because we're actually giving a shit about it this much, though. I was thinking about that, too. Like, I wonder how many young people, like, if we were 20 right now, if we would have been the people that were also like, yeah, fuck it. Like, what the fuck? What is this? What are y'all talking about? Like, nothing can well, shut me down. What are you talking about? You know? Well, like, like the Jersey Shore Spring Breakers. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I would go that. that far. I don't think I'd go that far. Oh, man, that was epic. No, that was, that was, that was peak humanity right there. Yeah. That was sick. You gotta love it. it you know, that's... That, that's what people are going to, and Americans too, like, I mean, Americans are going to do that. Americans are going to be like, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. That's why if there is a civil war, it's going to be crazy, man. It's either going to be crazy or it's going to be boring as hell because everyone's been like watching Netflix for the past 10 years <laughs> and everyone in their mind is going to be like, I don't know. What's that? It's going to be a civil cyber war. We're just going to battle it out in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the biggest Fortnite tournament. 300 million Americans. <laughs> they should. They should just make war and like conflicts a VR video game. And if you win, you get four years of bragging rights. Yeah. If you got to settle I mean, it, you, you go play a game of PUBG, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Roman, like, didn't they... Isn't that how it went, like, in the Roman Colosseum? I don't know. Uh, no, the Roman Colosseum was, like, purely for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Like, they did, I don't know if they settled any any scores over it. But, yeah, I mean, once again, like, politics, pandemic, not the most interesting topics. But, like, oh, yeah. you know, this is what we've got. This is what we're dealing with. I was even thinking that might be – that might be – it would we would subconsciously just even drift to that topic anyways with the first couple of episodes just because it's it's on everyone's mind yeah. and it's like it's relatable also unfortunately but it is nice to talk to someone who isn't like biased you know and like I, I i hope you feel that way with me as well we're like pretty much any any anything's possible you know and because that's what I'm tired of not seeing is like tired of not seeing the concept that anything's possible because everyone seems to know exactly where we're headed all the time. And yeah. We don't. We don't at all. I saw yeah, something. I, I saw some. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But then I saw something good. that <clears throat> saw headlines like two or three months ago that was like an asteroid is going to nearly miss the Earth. Uh, like the day before or day after the election. And then, you know, here we are. And now they're saying in like 2058, there's a trajectory of like a big, massive, potentially Earth-wiping, like, asteroid that's supposed to hit. And like people are actually scared of this one. It's just like, I don't know. Are we really living? Who sees that and believes that? in this time and age, you know, it's, I don't know. Well, it, it's kind of like, uh, okay. So have you ever heard of Pascal's wager or do you, uh, Pascal, the philosopher? No. So that he has a Pascal has like this famous philosophical idea called Pascal's wager, which is, is that if you, 
basically there's there's no way to tell with an absolute certainty if God is real. So you should just bet on him being real and you should just like live in alignment in that so that you don't like burn in hell. That, that, that was basically the idea. Okay. Okay. And and then there's um, someone called Nick Zabo. He created or, or came up with the idea of a Pascal scam. And a Pascal scam is the idea that Actually, there's too many gods. Scam? There's too many religions. Scam or scam? Uh, scam. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pascal scam. Okay. And so there's too many gods. There's too many religions. You actually can't make a bet. You can't diversify. Like you can't put your chips enough mm. chips on each god, each religion to cover your bases. So it's actually that type of thinking is a scam. And so I think this applies to. I don't want to say existential threats as a whole, because we should think about existential threats, but a lot of the scare tactics that we hear, that we get fed like through the news, yeah, I think it could fall into that vein of just like, this is a, this is a Pascal scam. Like, yeah. There's yeah. too many things that too many groups are telling me is going to destroy the world. Yeah, I can't possibly do all of them. I can't. And in fact, just considering all of them, gives me less energy and capability to even do my little part in one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like, you know, you think about that is an asteroid coming, you know, the global warming, nuclear Disease. war, viruses. Yeah. Uh, you know, AI, like super AI, like all of these things, like, okay, they're real, uh, ideas that we should be thinking about, but like addressing it, like, I don't know. We just, we need to progress generally. Yeah. Like we all need to progress. Like we need to progress technology so we can, you know, deflect the asteroid. And so we can uh, pull uh, carbon out of the atmosphere and like all those things that we need to do. Like it's generally true. We need to be like pushing for technology and pushing for like truth seeking, uh, you know, as a, as a nation, as a society and all of that. And, yeah. Of course, that's not happening. But so it's so infuriating that technology that we watched growing up has been geared mainly towards being social, and that yeah. probably comes off as being like antisocial because I'm not. But like that seems to be the priority, at least to the public's eye, at least to my eyes. That that being social is way more important than a lot of the problems that technology has created for a lot of not only Americans, but I wouldn't say the rest of the world because there's some places in the world that couldn't give a shit about social media that are given things like phones and they make life changing and altering inventions because they haven't been in a society that's basically just sold social media. We're all being conned. Like, like you're saying, we're gi- we were given social media. We were given these media tools, and I think people use them because um, it's like it feels like the most leverage that we have to be heard or to make any change or to do anything. Like it feels like that. Like if you're on a network, you know, and there's millions of people on it, and you have hundreds of friends on it or whatever, and you can connect with them, and they can hear your ideas and and all of that, you know, that seems, well, it is powerful, but it becomes this singular, like, thing that people, that people use to, I mean, conduct with the world, basically. And 
but like you were saying, with some people, they're given the phone, they're given the technology, and they do something amazing with it. Like they create something new with it, uh, or they solve a problem or something mm. like that. And like really, yeah, we're given these phones. Yeah, there's Facebook on it, but there's also, I mean, the entire knowledge, like all the knowledge in the world, basically, like is on the internet. Like you have all of the leverage. I mean, you could you could possibly want to do a number of things. Yeah. Um, and and I think technology, yeah, is like is one of those things. Like if you can learn how to, if you can learn how to code, if you can learn how to, I mean, even like using social media, if you can learn how to write, like actually write. Or, um, you know, just like be additive, I guess is what I'm saying. Like add value to the conversation, add value to people's lives. Mm -hmm. Don't just like be another voice, like saying the same thing, you know, like people, so many people tweet the same things as each other or like they parrot the same things. Like you can bring up a subject and someone will start talking. And they'll start making a point and you're like, I already read this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I already heard, I've already heard your pre-processed information. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear it multiple times from, yeah. from multiple people. And probably a lot of the problems we have with it have been things we've read and seen too. Yeah. And, and we probably, we probably have our own versions of that on this very episode. Where, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where we're throwing out some hot takes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, so, so we're all victims to it, but yeah. You know, really what I'm saying is like, you don't, you, you don't, I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like I want to always be able to take a step back and question things. Yeah. But you know, also I want to be able to get to the truth. I want to figure out what's going on with COVID. I want to know what the right thing to do is for, for my country, for my friends, for, you know, for everyone who's struggling, but I can't, I can't listen to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, sucks. I have to figure it out on my own. Yeah. It's liberating, but it sucks too. Yeah. I just looked up a statistic, or not a statistic, but uh, I just Googled how many people use social media <laughs> on uh, on, the, on the planet. And okay, can I, can I make a guess? Yeah. Two and a half billion. Uh, it's higher than that, but it's a percentage. Goddamn. Oh, okay. It's a percentage. You want to guess the percentage too? Uh, this is of the world uh so Uh, there was two there was two there was there's two i looked up there is u.s and the world so guess the u.s one first okay for u.s yeah i'm gonna say north of 80 percent yeah 79 percent so you were like one off 79 percent but yeah, I guess the world. That's almost, cra- that's almost crazy to think that there's 21 percent that doesn't. Yeah, but that Shout gives me that gives me a little ounce of hope in a way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> those hope- are all the people in the panhandle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I'm hoping they're not all old people, but then again, I think there's a lot of old people that use social media now. Yeah, I think so. Okay, the world. Uh, I was gonna say north of 45 percent. I'm feeling 46 percent for some reason. That's like. It's it's close. It's 53. 53. Yeah. These are just like quick Google searches, so don't take my word for it. But I was thinking it was way more. So I feel like there's still a little ounce of hope (laughs) that like we're not completely – we're not – I hope we see it in our lifetime. Things turn around and the the truth is 
easily accessible instead of being this rabbit hole that you have to go down or not even that, but just like trying to avoid the rabbit holes that are conveniently placed around the truth, you know? Yeah. It seems like. I, I think, or rather I hope, I'm optimistic that uh, people are going to move away from like curated, centralized, top-down platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all these, where they are at the controls, you know, at the, at the controls where million, hundreds of millions of people are like consuming this stuff. That's hugely powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we were talking about RSS, like, I think that people are going to move towards more like curated, like types of social feeds or more peer to peer types of like connections. I think that people are going to get news more from individuals rather than organizations. And these are very hot takes. Like we probably heard, heard some version of this before, but like, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really what I, I want to see. And like, we need, we need to diversify with like uh, where we get information yeah. and who we listen to and who, you know, uh, who we make journalists. That, yeah, that too. That's and a like, big one. The biggest journalists are really <laughs> the, the social media platforms. Yeah. Because if yeah. they can pull, you know, if they can upregulate certain stories into your feed and downregulate others, like they're just filtering opinions. They're like you're already getting your information filtered yep. for exactly what will make you emotional. Yep. And that's, that's what's called engagement. Uh, like, cause that's what keeps you on the platform the most. So like, that's their game. They're just like analyzing you with super detail with artificial intelligence and machine learning. And then they're like, okay, what will make them the most emotional? Feed that. Okay. What will make them the second most emotional? Feed that. And like that's what your timeline is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hierarchy of what will make yeah. you emotional. That's from, what I, yeah, moving down. I told you one time. I didn't tell you specifically what it was I said, but I one time wanted to uh, test out a theory of just talking about a certain item randomly, uh, yeah. like multiple times by myself to see what my phone would show me, and it was duck decoys for like duck hunting. Cause that's like the last thing that I would ever fucking use. <laughs> and so I would just be in my car, like duck decoy, duck decoy, duck decoy, duck decoy, just over and over again. Oh, and yeah. like, that's all I would get most of the time was like hunting shit, <laughs> like mm-hmm. all my ads. And it like became sort of just kind of like, I was like, Oh cool. That worked. But I mean, eventually it, you know, it's and now it's stuff that I'm like, fuck, I don't need to buy that, but it's right there. So yeah, they got back to you eventually. Yeah, yeah. But for a while, I had it going. Where That was mainly when I wasn't using my phone earlier this year. Like, peak quarantine. But yeah. now I'm, I'm circling back a little bit. I've had this idea for a while that, like, once I go dark, we don't have to talk about that, but once I go dark, uh, I, I want to, like, moving up to it, I'm going to, like, use social media in such a way that is, like, Wade does not align with my personality or my interests at all. Yeah. Just like totally like vert, like, cause I just imagine that there's, well, I don't imagine, I know there's just this immense collection of data 
that private companies hold that is awesome and that they know me in ways that I don't know myself. And like, okay, I can't take that away from them. But what I can do is like steer that ship in the opposite direction. I steer that ship in one direction and then have a more private life, yeah. my personal life that I keep quiet on. And I steer that in my own direction and just get those two as far apart as possible yeah. and then cut the tie. Yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, no, that's, you know, yeah, I've been, that's something we definitely need to talk about in the future. Cause I've been, I was looking up yesterday. How do I erase myself from the internet? And I'm sure that's a question that you've thought of and uh, many times. <laughs> well, I actually, I wrote down a topic that I think would be fun to talk about, which is, well, I put it down as digital defense, but I guess really just like an exploration of like what, like how we are vulnerable digitally and like what are the easiest low hanging fruit that you can like take back or tools that you can use mm-hmm. um, to kind of protect yourself or, or even in this, in this scenario, like I, me and Jana were talking about this, you know, just like defending yourself through technology. Okay. What if you had to search for something? If you had a question, you had to get an answer for it, but you could not, uh, you had to make sure that no one else could knew, knew that you searched that basically like the question that you're asking could not be tied to your identity. If it was tied to your identity, you'd get thrown in a black bag and pulled into a van, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you ask most people this question, they, even though they spend all day on computers, they don't know how to do that. Yeah. Or similarly, if you had to get in contact with someone, message someone, but you absolutely had to make sure your identity wasn't attached to that message. And that message cannot be deciphered by anyone. Once you get people, people, they don't know how to do that. Uh, and like, so, you know, I'm passionate about this and I think it's going to become increasingly important, but yeah, I, I just think about this a lot and I know that people, people aren't interested in it necessarily. Like it's not exciting for them and also it's intimidating. And so like, I, don't know, I guess I guess I'm interested in tools that uh, tools and practices that are really simple and really easy, mm-hmm. but can make you feel like, wow, I'm really I'm protecting myself, or I'm giving myself optionality that humans didn't have in the past. Yeah, you know, like right now, you can send a message that every government on the earth could not crack if they wanted to, and in fact, you can send money that every government on the earth cannot seize or cannot crack or cannot do anything to um and that, that's a lot of power that's never been the case for people and so like in any technologies like that that empower the individual like I, i'm passionate about but yeah i mean you know we've got this huge treasure trove of our data uh, it's just out there it's on the internet and, and there's no way to get it back yeah and so like we're starting from a losing position and and yeah, we'll, we'll have to, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to open it all up, but we'll have to yeah. talk about that on an episode. And, yeah, definitely. I, I have an essay actually, it's called privacy from a losing position. Oh, that's uh, cool. That I'm working on. Cause that's, that's going to be all of us yeah. moving forward. And I hope we don't have to use it, but you know, <laughs> I, keep, <laughs> I, keep, I keep thinking about the light phone, that phone that basically is just texting and calling. I keep thinking about oh, it. Oh yeah. If I re- if I really want to go down that road one day, I'm just completely off 
stop giving as much as I can stop giving more data to whatever is sucking it up. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think that have I, the phone. Yeah, pretty so much. You need. Yeah. <laughs> you have the phone that's attached to your identity, you know, and then you have the phone that's that's not that no one knows you have. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, I, I guess <clears throat> kind of circling back to creativity, because I just I wanted to touch on this like last part of it. Yeah. What are you like what are you <clears throat> what are you doing right now creatively? Like what projects are you doing? And or like what is your process like? Uh, how do you how do you get into practice or or work on your ideas? Right now, uh, I've been working on I've been working on a few things. Just got done with an EP with Omen that we had worked on for the past like six months, I would say. And then yeah. also, it's a lot of music stuff. I guess is where I should start. Uh, yeah, working with Vinny and his project you from like a production point of view it's kind of well, hard. You're recording yeah, yeah yeah um i don't know with that with that production wise it's been it's been different than the um usual path that i take when creating like the actual music itself um with music, it usually just kind of comes with whatever I'm feeling that day. I really, I've been trying to ask myself that same question you asked me and ask other people. Like how, yeah, how, how does the process start or if there even is a process? And I think I'm still trying to figure that out myself because it's usually just whatever I'm feeling that day comes out in a certain way. I've been really trying to pay attention to the thoughts in my brain and what's coming out of my fingers, basically, if I'm writing something or like how something's coming out of my vocal cords or something like how, where did that come from? What, what experience triggered that? And usually for me, it's still hard to figure that out. So I think a lot of my creativity comes from an emotional side. And if I'm not, open to showing emotion that day or that week sometimes that month it's really hard to like squeeze it out almost um i'm not sure why with production though it's a more analytical side of things and i like the healthy balance of two different like you know processes one is more like i'm not emotionally attached to this project but i'm invested and i want to make it sound good whereas then the on like on the other hand if i'm writing something there's emotion put into it there's like certain thoughts and feelings trigger certain sounds and i may not understand it in the moment but i will once it's done most of the time so yeah, I don't. I, I guess I'm. I guess the answer is I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Every time that I create something, I mean, what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, re- I really feel that. I I think that for a lot of people who try and do art 
or be creative in any capacity, a lot of the default is running off of emotion. Mm-hmm. The default is like, if I feel like it, I'll do it. Or when I'm inspired. And, and the thing is emotion, when you're at a peak, you can get a lot out. You can get like a, you know, a week's work, a week's worth of work done in a day type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also, you're, you're, you're a victim to your emotions on the other side because when you're really not feeling it, it's, it's so hard to engage with that. And especially yeah. if it's something personal or emotional, like you were describing. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of like that for me. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess when it comes to projects I'm working on right now, I've, it's been a hodgepodge of, of different projects. Like some that I started immediately dropped some that I've put to the side. Um, but like I'm, I'm working on some, some websites, basically, uh, personal websites. I've also been writing, uh, and I mean, wanting to start this podcast mm-hmm. and I actually, me and Jan are, are planning on starting a Bitcoin podcast as well. Nice. So it's been another thing. Uh, and, and of course like writing with the tooth, uh, yeah, yeah. Like that do, too, doing yeah. Tooth. That's kind of, yeah. I mean the, that's where the emotions come sort of like a roadblock in a way sometimes with me personally lyrically can be like very it can almost be taxing and almost like certain subjects are hard to really like pull out from under like you know all the shit that i've put on top of (laughs) the emotions that i'm feeling when i'm writing about a certain subject or something you know yeah you gotta dig deep yeah and Sometimes that process is uh, fueled by things like this. Some sometimes it's I'm dead sober at four a.m. and I can't sleep, or I just woke up from a dream or some shit. Like lyrics are a whole different thing that we could probably talk about, yeah. like as a whole topic. I think I I was no, thinking about writing that down, just writing in general. I guess. I think like lyrics and poetry, even sometimes like, I don't want to say business writing, but more like writing to, to explain something. Yeah. I think that, yeah, doing that lyrics, poetry, I think these three things like can pull from the idea of the idea of interweaving words in such a way to where it, uh, communicates a complex idea or communicates complex emotions mm-hmm. or is extremely relatable and can like, you can take your emotion and put it, you know, you can package it into a set of words that will, if someone reads them or hears them, that same emotion will be reproduced in them yeah. or maybe something similar or something just generally ambiguous or, or something like that. So yeah, I've always thought that was super magical and and for me, like, uh, yeah, like I, I have these I, ideas where, okay, for example, like I'm writing these like Western songs, like acoustic songs, like on my own right now. Mm-hmm. And they came from, I, I don't know, they came from nowhere. Like it started with like a melody, like kind of a sound and then words started to come up, but the words didn't even come from anywhere. It wasn't kind of around an idea and it's, it's a, it's a throwaway project or it's like, this isn't anything that I'm 
necessarily going to record. I'm not planning on doing it, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it, it comes out of you. It comes out and it's inspiring and it's like that energy. And when you feel that you're like, Ooh, like you, you know that it's powerful. Sometimes just like three words together will come in your head or the completion of a line in, in a song or, or changing, you know, the way that you're saying a line to be more concise or something like that. And, yeah. And yeah, like your mind is, is working in the background with, with all these things in your subconscious and kind of, you know, wanting to put things together in such a way that, that gives you energy and, and all that. So yeah, like that's been, you know, that's been like part of the emotional, I guess, practice process of mine. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that's a wonderful thing to talk about, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, so for me, I guess it's been a, mostly like emotional, um, but also like I, I've really, really tried to create, uh, like, I guess a schedule and a set of things that I do every day. Um, and there's a side to create creation that I think is less popular, which is like kind of just show up and do the work and write some bad pages or like write some bad songs, write some bad code, whatever you're doing yeah. and get it out there and just fucking do it. Yeah. And then come back the next day. And do well, it that's again. what that, that's exactly why podcasts are cool. Yeah. It's cause like no matter what, you just need to stay consistent and keep doing them. Like that's really like the number one rule. And then other than that, you're good. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know? Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of things are like that. Yeah, um, for sure. You have to, you have to be consistent. You have to work through the bad ideas. Mm-hmm. And so every, yeah, band, I guess, every band I've been, been in and has either broken up or like kind of ended things or whatever, there's always another band that I'm ready to start diving into and just add to whatever creative avenue I can, you know, no matter what, like that's always the important thing to remember. If anyone out there has ever been in that same situation that you should never limit yourself to um, one thing in your life. I mean, I, yeah. I think, I think most people know that, but coming from someone that has had a bad habit of doing that sometimes like subconsciously, you know, just with plenty of things in my life. I don't I don't even too many to name basically. <laughs> Yeah. And even like, do we do the throwaway projects or do the projects that you know, aren't going to like, like before we start things, a lot of times we have this like, you know, economic calculation we do like, Oh, will I be able to make this into something? Will I be able to post this on social media or whatever, or share this with people? And and I actually think that that's, I think that that can be like, really deterrent for people and it, and it was for me it is for me and too. i've actually gotten a lot out of doing things that no one will ever see and it's just like me just creating for the sake of creating yeah um it, it brings it brings peace to your mind uh do, do you are you familiar with the book uh, the war of art by stephen pressfield the word of art the war of art oh war of art no he uh it's, it's kind of just a book about like kind of what I was talking about, just showing up every day and like going through the process. But he tells this story like 
you know, he, he's a writer and like, you know, when he was young, when he was, when he was pretty young, like he was, he was planning on being a writer. He tried to write a book mm-hmm. and like, it just didn't go well. I mean, he talks about how he spent the next decade, 15 years, maybe even longer, kind of, kind of all just, almost just running away from, uh, trying to do other things, you know, chasing girls, going to bar every night and stuff like that. And he says that like, he, he had this moment where it was one night and he was like, I, I couldn't, if I went to the bar again, if I chased girls again, like if I did any of these things again, I knew I would just fucking kill myself. Hmm. You know, like I just couldn't do it again. Yeah. And, and he pulls out his typewriter instead and it just starts writing out of, out of desperation, out of just, you know, for the sake of doing anything else. And he says, you know, I, I write for two hours and I write just the most awful eight pages you've ever seen. I didn't use them. They were trash. Mm-hmm. And then something amazing happened. I was doing the dishes and I found that I was whistling. <laughs> or like, I was just like, I was happy and I didn't realize it. Yeah. Like I was at peace and I didn't realize it. And that was when I, when I read that, I was like, wow, that, that makes so much sense. And like, I needed to hear that because like, Sometimes you've got, because the, the thought that like, oh, this will never turn into something. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like a force that pulls you away from doing exactly what you should be doing yeah. or exactly what will bring you peace of mind and make you feel proud of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, struggle. I struggle with that a lot personally of, yeah, mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, that feeling of, well, I got to invest this amount of time and this amount of money. So judging by the numbers, then like if the outcome isn't this, then it's just a waste of time. So then at that point, once you master that, which you should never, but I've gotten to the point where I have (laughs) sometimes you have to like, once you get to that point, it's like an uphill battle basically to get anything done then you're fighting against yourself and yourself can be really strong whenever all it wants to do is just uh give up basically yeah be comfortable yeah yeah be boring yeah exactly and like that's that's what we're here trying to avoid avoid that trying to run away from that and you know like it's a beautiful thing like we're uh we're young our life is a mess the world is a mess, but for some reason it's, it's beautiful and it's wonderful. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. For some reason we're conscious. I don't know why. <laughs> for some reason I hear a melody and it makes my nervous system light up Yeah. and it makes me feel something. I don't know why, <laughs> but that's beautiful in that like, you know, that makes me want to get up in the morning. Um, Maybe we can have an episode in the future of, uh, or a topic of, pieces of art or music or songs or even game whatever that light up our nervous systems <laughs> as, <laughs> as as you say no I, yeah it's it's interesting um i think that'd be awesome it's no matter how goofy they are or not also because i have a lot of goofy ones where i like listen to the song and i'm just like this shit gets me going <laughs> and yeah. it's it's not a it's not a a song that it's supposed to get you going, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, Jar of Hearts, Christina Perry. Every time. Yeah, I was Shit. thinking of like s- songs by Shaba. <laughs> Shaba. <laughs>